0: You are perfect in all of your ways. I like that song. You're perfect in all of your ways. Then it says to us, right? Then it says he's a good father and we're loved by him. Man, if that doesn't get your heartstrings going, I don't know what will, but I'm just glad that I'm loved by a father who loves me so much. Uh, My name is Chris Cooper. I'm the campus minister at North Carolina Central University and also here on staff at Christ Central Church. And I'm ecstatic and excited to be bringing the word this morning and allowing God to be glorified through the preaching that will be done. So let us stand and let's look to 1 John, 2nd chapter. 28th through the 29th verse, and it reads, and now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Man, we know the leaves fade and the grass withers away, but it is the word of God that stands forever. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, man, do the work you're designed to do. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Bring those things in remembrance that's needed through your word, Father God, when we seem to just walk off the beaten path and be a lamp and a light to our pathway in this old dark world. Soften the hearts of men so that the word may be sown in our hearts, may be deeply rooted, so that we may be a tree for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. As we get into the scripture in 1 John, second chapter 28 through the 29th verse, I, I first would like to start with an example of what happened to me this weekend in taking my son Andrew to his first doctor's appointment here in Durham, North Carolina? Um, Andrew has this big heart. He's fun-loving, he's joyful, he's compassionate, he's always smiling. Even if he's doing something wrong, it drives me nuts. He, he just has like this exuberance about him, right? So. We told him about this, this doctor's appointment, and we're like, hey, Drew, man, you, you gotta get this doctor's appointment, we gotta get this paperwork filled out so you can enroll in school, It'll be official? So he is just all for it. I mean, singing, we're driving there, he's in the car singing, he's letting me know about the animals and the snakes, he's all into like Discovery Channel, and I'm having a conversation, and then he goes and says, oh, man, but do I have to get a needle I don't say anything but once he says this his whole personality changes it's like he crunches up he's scared about this needle has a little anxiety fearful of this needle because he really doesn't like taking needles i look back and i'm like drew you'll be okay you're a big boy you know your dad is a big guy you know these things don't hurt us that much and then he just kind of looks past it. He, he goes into the doctor's office. He's singing again. They had the fish tank. He's over there playing with the fish, explaining to me what type of fish it is. And then we go back to seeing the doctor. And this, this is classic Drew. He looks in the mirror and goes, I look good. <laughs> And you know, parents, sometimes you feel embarrassed, like, oh, this dude. And he goes, I look good. So the doctor cannot control himself. He just starts crying. He starts laughing, like, well, he doesn't have to worry about (laughs) self-esteem. And um, as he does this, the doctor goes in the drawer, and he pulls out his little um, utensil he uses for, like, ears. And if you know, when that that utensil kind of comes to a point, and it has the light. So Drew thinks it's a needle. And as he looks, he, after saying he looks good, he's like, oh, am I gonna have to take a needle? And again, he just clenches up. His whole personality changes just for the fear of this needle about to happen. So the doctor explains to him, this goes into your ears, Drew. You don't have to worry about it. And then after the doctor does everything he needs to do, he goes, you are not taking a needle today. Drew celebrates. Like it made his whole, yes, like he made his whole day. How does it relate to what's happening in the scripture? Many times as Christians, I see myself as Drew, right? Jesus is in our hearts and we have new life, new way of thinking. We're, we're excited to know that there's a Father who loves us, who we knows we're smiling, and we know hardships come and all of those different type of things. But as long as we have Jesus, we are okay. But then when we come to the realization that one day Jesus is going to come back on his judgment seat, we kind of clinch up just like Andrew does with the needle. Sometimes we start doubting, like, "Oh man, am am I doing things right? Will will he act? Am I actually his child? Is he actually coming back to get me? He he judges the believer and the unbeliever. Uh -uh. Will he say that I I I did okay? I just don't know, And, and it causes us to have anxiety and shame sometimes. See, those doubts creep into all of our hearts. As Christians. But what I love about 1 John, 2nd chapter, 28th through the 29th verse is that he gives us an answer of assurance and he says, You don't have to worry about that. It'll be okay. As we get into the 28th verse, the first thing he does with Christians who are dealing with this, he says, look now, my little children. And and This little children phrase is a term of endearment. It is something where it is letting us know that a father is present, that he loves us, and that he's putting us to the side and saying, I just want to reaffirm to you that I am right here with you. One thing I understand is that when I talk to my son and I'm being compassionate and I'm trying to fortify his confidence in something, I usually pull him to the side, put my arm around him, look him straight in his eyes and say, Drew, it's okay. And that is what God, as our Father, is doing right at this moment. I I see your anxiety. I see your doubts. I, I see what you're going through. But I'm putting my arm around your shoulder as you as my child, and I'm saying, it's going to be okay. How do I know it's going to be okay? If you just go back to about three verses backwards from the 28th verse, it's written in 1 John, and this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Now, I don't know about you, but eternity means forever. There's no stop to it, right? We, we don't say eternity and think, oh, well, eventually, maybe eternity just runs out. But he's saying, I am with you Always. My mom is a math teacher. I'm not that good at math. But the one thing that she taught me, it was a little thing called a ray. It's a dot on one side, which means it stops. And then you draw the line, then you put an arrow. And that arrow represents that that line will go to infinity and beyond. Like I'm Toy Story, right? You can tell I got a five-year-old. Infinity and beyond. It never stops until it meets something that causes it to stop. See, God, as our Father, is like that line that will never stop. He will be with you from infinity to infinity to infinity till beyond until he comes back one day to get his children. So at this moment, he's saying, I got my arms around you. You can be secure. You can know that I love you, little children. And there's no need to worry because I'm here for eternity. And that gives us great joy. That kind of settles things down. And then what I love about the scripture is as you go past the fact that I am his child and that assurance is in your heart, he tells us, you know what you have to do? You have to abide in me. Abide in me means that you have to make home, you have to humble yourself and make Jesus Christ the one that you rely on, that you trust on, that that you allow him to be whom he is and his righteousness in your life. See, when he died on the cross and he made a covenant with his people as Christians and and he decided to bring his Holy Spirit, he resides in your hearts. In St. John's, 14th chapter 23rd verse, he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our house with him. He sits down in the corridors of your heart, makes a house with you, and he's not a guest. He's not somebody who just comes and say, I wanted to check on you. You know, I wanted to spend a weekend with you, but I'm going to be out after the weekend. I just wanted to let you know I love you. He's not an individual who says, maybe I'll pay rent for a year, and I'll just pay rent, and then after I pay rent, I'll move to another house and just leave you behind. No, he is the God of eternal value with a with his children, and he resides within your heart, and he will stay there through the good and the bad. He will stay there through the suffering. He will stay there in the times where you feel good. He will stay there in the times where you're lacking. He is there forever. Amen. He's making a house in you. That is amazing. He loves us that much that he's willing to be there through the thick and through the thin and until the very end. What I love about this is because he lives in us, it's no need to be shameful. It's no need for us to have anxiety. It's no need for us to worry because once he lives with you, he only makes you better. See, I'm learning, right? For a year, I lived in an apartment by myself and I was living like I was back in college. My wife was in Delaware. No kids. I just come in the house. You know, I kept it clean. Now I kept it clean. But I said I could just throw forks anywhere, spoons. You know, the kitchen just looked like I wanted it to look, which was not good. And once, you know, we packed my wife up <laughs> and she came down the first place that she goes to the kitchen. And the first way she thinks she does is start opening cabinets. And she's looking around like, what are you doing? Why is... Have you ever seen the spoons be on the upper cabinet? Have you... Ever, what exactly were you thinking? And I'm thinking to myself like, this, this makes perfect sense to me. This makes perfect sense to me. But in all reality, my wife is taking ownership of the kitchen because she's way better there than I am. What I'm saying is that when Jesus comes into your heart and he resides there, he starts throwing things out. He starts renovating. He starts making things so much better. That's why when you get to the 29th verse in 1 John, it's so amazing when he says, If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. As he's throwing things out, as he's dealing with those insecurities, those doubts, as as he's taking those, you know, back closet things that you don't want to talk about, and he's just working his grace in your lives, then guess what? You should start to look like your father. You should start to look like your father. Jesus didn't die on the cross. He he, he didn't, you know, impute his righteousness onto us. He didn't save us from our sins so that we can just stay the same. But what he actually did was reside within us. He makes us better. He renovates us. And guess what? We start looking like him. We love different. We show mercy different. We do things differently. People should see us and say, God must be glorified in their life, in their life. See, no matter how much I try, I am my father's son in the natural. My dad's name is Kenny Cooper. And when I go to Delaware, and I go to certain neighborhoods, or even if I'm in a store, no matter if my haircut is different from his, no matter if I got a little bit of better swag than him and just confidence than him, or, you know, I dress a little bit differently, the first thing they say to me, you Kenny-son. And I'm looking at them like, how did they know that? And the first thing they say is, you look just like him. If Jesus calls us his children, if he makes a home within us and then he actually works on us something we call sanctification which is the process of sanctifying yourself we we're dealing with sin and and day by day we're getting better and making sound decisions and choices that are not causing us to fall deep into sinful pleasures then guess what we should start to look like our father Because his name is on us. He does it for his name's sake. So, so whenever you get the feeling, whenever you get the doubt, when, and whenever you wonder, if, if God, am I doing this right? Oh, Jesus, I, I just don't know. When you come back, I, I feel a little anxious, and, and you start thinking about that needle that my son thinks about, and, and you get a little low and fearful and shameful. Know this, that number one, you are his child. He loves you. He's caring for you. He's guiding you for eternal ways, eternity. Number two, he resides in you he lives within you and while living within you he is making you better as a christian so that you can look like jesus christ so that when he does come back and and we're before the judgment seat he'll say well done my good and faithful servant have confidence in god Be not weary. Be not ashamed. Know that he is your father and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Let us pray. Father God, we're just grateful for who you are. We're grateful at the fact that You just love us, that you reside within us. You work with us through all that we go through and that you will be glorified in us by your righteousness and your righteousness alone, Father. Father, let us have assurance to know that no matter what we're going through, no matter how many times we trip up, no matter how many times we (laughs) seem like we just can't get it right, Father, (laughs) that you pick us up, that you encourage us, and that you are there from eternity to eternity, that you love us. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.